we need to change every day. Things change. Uh, people change. Uh, the country changes. Uh, the schools change. Churches change. Uh, everything changes except God. He doesn't change. Uh, but understanding the word change, it's not just important, but it's also very important to understand the process of change. How God uses change to help us grow and minister to our lives. You know, um, a few years ago, um, I used to have a dream. I think I still have it um, somewhere. Um, I wanted to be a bodybuilder. And uh, I, um, you know, went to the gym the first time, you know, when I was 18. I lasted, you know, one week because uh, it was a boxing gym. And uh, so the dynamics, you know, were different. So I was like, this is boxing is not for me. Uh, then I started going to another gym and then I quit. And then the third time I said, I commit myself to going to the gym. I will become a bodybuilder. Because that was one of my dreams, you know, I wanted to, you know, walk, you know, with other bodybuilders and show and, you know, all of those things. And uh, the third time I went to the gym, I was so excited. You have no idea. Uh, I read in a book that if you place pictures of the things that you want to see in the future, that that will help you get into the mentality of I will become that. So I got myself, you know, a few posters of bodybuilders, and I, you know, uh, stuck them, you know, on the wall, and, and I said, I'm going to become like that. And I will give myself one year, and I'll be there. So the third time I go to the gym, you know, I got the membership. Uh, I was so excited, and they offered me if I wanted coaching. I said, sure. Uh, but then it occurred to me that I could go to the gym, you know, by myself before coaching. So I go to the gym, and the first thing I do when I go to the gym, I go to where the heavyweights wear. So I didn't warm up. Uh, I didn't, I, I just changed and I started lifting, you know, the weights. Uh, and I did my routines and every, everything felt so good. And I was so excited, you know, like 45 minutes of heavy lifting. And I go back home and I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, well, it's just the first time. So it'll take some time. <laughs> Uh, the following day, when I woke up, I could not get up. <laughs> and I'm, I'm serious. I could not get up because I was in such a pain that I didn't know it was so hard. And uh, I got up, took a shower, and when I got my backpack, um, I heard that something cracked, you know, on my chest. And it didn't hurt, but it cracked. So I went out of my house, and I started going to school, and every time I turn around, you know, it will crack. Uh, I will go like that, and it will crack, and then people will hear, you know, that something will crack, and then they will be like, is that your head? And I will be like, no, it's just something, my heart, I don't know. So a month passed by, and the cracking didn't go away, so I went to the doctor, and, you know, they, they did x-rays and everything, and I explained to the doctor what happened, and he said, well, um, you have, we have something here that we call sternum. Um, it's, it's like a little bone that is in between your chest. And whenever you do some heavy lifting the way you do it, uh, you can rip it or crack it a little bit. And I said, okay, that's fine. Just give me some medication and, and I'll be okay. And then he said, no, there's no medication for that. 
And I said, is there surgery? And he said, no, there's not surgery either. And I said, so how am I going to heal? And he said, you just have to rest and let it go. You know, it'll disappear by itself. So I waited five years for the cracking to go away. Can you believe that? Uh, so my dream is not dead completely. <laughs> but I know that I will be careful the next time. You know, I want to make a change so fast. So I want to take you to the book of Genesis chapter 37, verse 4 to 11. And I want to speak about four words today. Number one, revelation. Number two, confrontation. Number three, transformation. And number four, manifestation. Genesis chapter 37, verse 4 to 11 I will base uh, this message in the dreams that jo Joseph had. And the Bible uh, says like this, starting at verse 4. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen, listen to this dream I had. We were... Um, Beating sheaves and grain out in the field, when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright, while you sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Let's pray. Father. I thank you so much for this awesome opportunity that we have to be in this place today. I pray, Lord God, that the word change will be welcome in our hearts, in our minds. Um, no matter what the change is, Lord God, if it comes from your perspective, it'll be a good change and things are going to be all right. But I pray, Lord God, that today you will open up our hearts and we will be open to whatever you want to do in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So understanding the process of change is very important for our lives. Henry Bergson said, to exist is to change, to change is to mature, to mature is to go on creating oneself endlessly. Another person, his name was Deepak Chopra, he said, all changes are great and preceded by chaos. Another person whose name was Henry David Thoreau said, Things do not change. We change. Winston Churchill said one time, to improve is to change. To be perfect is to change often. Maya Angelou said one time, if you don't like something, change it. If you can change it, change your attitude. Steve Jobs said one time, the ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones that do. So change is very important, and we all need to change. We need to change every day. 
we need to place in our hearts that tomorrow we will be better than today. That today we will be better than yesterday. Sometimes change is not easy. But if you don't change, if you decide not to change, if you decide to stay in your old ways, eventually with time you are going to become irrelevant and obsolete. So change is very important because everything changes. And in the process of God, the way God changes you, God works through four different stages when it comes to change. As I mentioned before, the first stage is called revelation. So in the revelation stage is when God speaks to you and he gives you a dream. He gives you a vision. He gives you a picture of the future of what your life will become, of what is going to happen to you if you fully follow God's commands and if you focus in the development that God wants to create in your life. God gives you a picture of who you will be. God gives you a picture of what church is going to be like in 10 years from now, in 20 years from now. In order to do something in life, everything starts with a vision. Everything starts with a dream. Everything starts when God speaks to you. And this, this stage is a, it's a stage in which we are very happy, very excited about the changes because we see change as positive. We see changes as something that can create something great not only for us but for other people in the kingdom of God, for the church, for the community. You see change as something great that you can implement in your company. You see change as something great that can happen in your family. So the first stage of God's process is called revelation. God spoke to Joseph and God was practically telling Joseph, Joseph, you may not, not understand what's going to happen to you, but I'm showing now at the age of 17 what's going to happen uh, in a few years from now. So God showed Joseph that someday he's, he was going to be like a king, like a ruler. Joseph didn't know how to take that revelation, so he went to his brothers and he told his brothers, Hey guys, guess what? I had a dream that I was going to be a governor over you. I was going to be a king over you and that I was going to rule you. So obviously those dreams, you know, were not very exciting for his family. That's what happens, you know, when you have a dream. When you have a dream and you start sharing with people, uh, usually dreams are very crazy, right? They're not very small. Uh, you you want to be something big, great, and you want to do great things, you know, like like the way I saw myself, you know, when I said I'm going to go to the gym, and I placed those pictures on the wall, I said I'm going to become that, because that was my revelation, that was my vision, that was my dream. So in the revelation state, everything is so exciting. I... I remember when I was a teenager, 17 years old, and um, as you know, my father was a pastor. And um, back in the day, um, there were not worship teams. There were not drum sets, bass guitars. The way my father led the church was he let anybody who wanted to bring an acoustic guitar to come and play at the church, you know, during worship. So I remember that my dad, you know, was leading worship with a guitar. And there were like 15, 18 different people playing the guitar at the same time. And some of them had no idea what they were playing. But they loved the guitar. They loved it and they wanted it. 
So as the years, you know, were passing by, I remember that the youth, you know, they were not excited about going to church because uh, whatever you sat down, there was somebody playing the guitar that sounded awful. Nobody liked it except my dad and some older adults. So I came up, you know, I, I was praying one day because, I, you know, I, I felt my calling into the ministry, you know, early in my life when I was 13. And I came up with one idea, you know, with um, some of the youth from my church. And I said, hey, guys, guess what? Uh, I, God has given me an idea. You know, let's, let's do like a worship team. They, we didn't know what a worship team was. You know, only one person led worship, you know, with 15 guitars in the church. So he said, do you want more guitars in the church? And I said, no, 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 let's, let's raise funds. And let's buy an electric guitar, a bass guitar, and a drum set. So back in the day, for those of you who are young, um, in, well, I'm still young, but um, back in those days, you know, in my town, uh, young people, they, they used to listen to a group called Metallica. Uh, some of you, I don't know if Pastor Henry was into that, but Metallica, Iron Maiden, uh, Guns N' Roses, so... Anybody, back in the day, anybody who would see a drum set or, a, or an electric guitar, people would get very defensive right away. And they would say, we are not going to have those sinful things at the altar in the church. So I started raising funds, you know, with the young people. We raised, you know, some money. We went to houses one by one, knocking on doors, asking for uh, uh, newspaper, we recycle it, we will go and sell it, bring the money. So the first thing that I got, you know, with the youth was a drum set. And I remember, you know, we went on a Saturday, you know, to buy it. We were so excited that we were going to have a drum set. And uh, we, you know, set it up. Nobody knew how to play, you know, drum sets, you know, at, at that day. But the following day was a Sunday. And when people show up at the church, oh, my God. There was one sister that she couldn't take it. Her name is Sister Argelia. And I say it because you will never meet her. I know that for sure. <laughs> but you know, when she showed up at the church, she caused a division right away on Sunday morning. Because she said that the world has come to the church and we needed to rebuke the drum set because that was from the devil. We couldn't do service, you know, that Sunday because everybody was arguing, you know, and people were like, we like the 15 guitars that we have in the church. Keep it the same way. We don't want to change. So my vision of what I wanted to see, you know, couldn't become a reality because some people decided not to change. Sister Argelia, you know, after so many years, ended up leaving the church because, you know, eventually we put the drum set back and we got a bass guitar and, you know, things started to happen and develop from there. So God gives you a vision. God gives you a dream of what he wants to do in the future. But between the second stage that I call confrontation, between revelation and confrontation, there is a time and a season that is called contradiction. And contradiction comes after the excitement of the vision has gone away, after the celebration, after you have thrown a party because you, uh, you, know, you know that God spoke to you and you're so excited. But, you know, after the excitement passes and then you have to start working on the vision that God has given you, 
there comes a time where you start facing contradiction because what starts happening in your life is usually the opposite of what God has promised to you that he will do in your life. When God spoke to Joseph about becoming a king, Joseph did not start, you know, in the kingdom. Joseph did not start giving orders to people. Joseph's beginning was in the pit. Joseph's beginning was when he was betrayed by his own brothers. He was sold as a slave in Egypt. So a time of contradiction comes, you know, when God gives you a vision. And the second stage in the process of God is called confrontation. This stage in the process of God, in the process of change, is when everybody wants to quit. You want to quit the vision that God has given you. Because you start seeing that whatever God promised to you is not becoming a reality. And the weeks pass by, the months pass by, years pass by, and you're still trying to figure it out what is God doing in your life because whatever he's promised is not taking place in your life. But the confrontation stage in the process of change that God takes us through, the purpose is to develop your faith. The, the purpose of confrontation when it comes to change is to develop who you are or who you need to become in Christ. Because before the revelation becomes a reality in your life, God has to make sure that you are mature spiritually so that you can handle the promises of God that he has for you in your life. Because if you are not prepared, you are not going to be able to manage the blessing that God has for you. So it is very important that when God has given you a revelation and you start going through contradiction and you start facing confrontation, that you believe in God no matter what. Even if people leave you, even if people don't believe in you, even if the people get up and they race against you, even if Sister Argelia gets up and she says that that's from the enemy, you need to remain focused in Jesus and his promises. Because he wants to develop your faith. The purpose of confrontation is to develop your faith. And what a way for Joseph, you know, to start that journey. He was taken to Egypt. He was sold as a slave. He, you know, started working, you know, at Potiphar's house, you know. Uh, and it was difficult for him. Can you believe uh, you, God has promised you to be a king? Or God promised you to be a president? Uh, in one of the greatest nations on earth, you know, at the time, and all of a sudden, uh, the next day or a few days later, you know, you end up being in the pit, in a well. Come on. Have you, how many of you, you guys have seen a well before? They're pretty deep. You actually get close and you cannot even see the end. So that was Joseph's beginning. That was the beginning of the promises that God has given to him. But if you stay faithful, if you remain believing in God, if you keep fighting for your dream, if you keep fighting for the vision that God has given you, if you believe in God even though you are betrayed by others, 
If you continue to believe and have faith in Jesus, that even though you might be like Joseph, you know, serving somebody as a slave, you know, per se, if you continue to believe in God, even when you are betrayed and you ended up going to jail like Joseph did for two years, eventually you are going to qualify to go to the third stage of the process of change. In the third stage, it's called manifestation. The third stage, I'm sorry, that's the first stage. Uh, the, the third stage, it's called transformation. So transformation is when all of a sudden you start to realize that God is not only trying to change the world through your vision, God is trying to change you for his vision. You start to realize that what's happening around you, that God is concerned, that God cares but in the eyes of God, what happens around you is not as important as what happens in you. And then you start to realize that in order to receive the promises of God, in order to get to that dream and that vision that God has given you, you need to change. You need to be transformed. You need to be renewed. You need to become more like Christ. See, it was in the jail when Joseph was in jail for two years. Um, it was there when he started developing spiritual gifts. And the Bible says that one of the gifts, you know, that he developed was interpreting dreams. And a lot of you know the story when the Pharaoh, you know, had a, this big dream of something bad that was going to happen in his country. Somebody remembered that Joseph had that spiritual dream, interpretation and skills and gifts. And all of a sudden... That humbleness got him out of the prison and put him in the promises of God. I want to encourage you today, no matter where you are, changing is very important. Change is very important every day. And the goal and objective of confrontation or contradiction when it comes to faith in our lives is that God wants to transform our lives. In the fourth stage, in the process of God, it's called manifestation. So this is when everything becomes a reality. Uh, the Bible says uh, a few chapters after in Genesis that when Joseph saw his brothers one more time, you probably remember from a few messages ago, Joseph understood that everything that he has gone through in his life served the main purpose. And God did complete the promises that he had promised to Joseph. You know, uh, yesterday, while I was thinking about this message today and the process of change, even people in the secular world, you know, they understand the process of change. They don't, they, they miss the element of faith in God. But I was, I was watching a video from Steve Jobs yesterday, you know, when he gave a commencement speak in Stanford University in 2005. And Steve Jobs says that, you know, he started working on computers when he was 20 years old. He had a vision of what he wanted to become and what he wanted to accomplish. And it took him 10 years to take that computer from his garage to Apple Company when he was 30 years old. The Apple Company became a $2 billion company. He was extremely successful. Then in the middle of success, he hired another uh, intellectual person to come and join the team 
And during the first year, you know, they had confrontations as leaders. And Steve Jobs, after one year, he ended up being fired by the same person that he hired a year before. So he left Apple, and, you know, he was frustrated, he was sad, he was disappointed, but he didn't quit. He continued working in his dream, and he created two other companies, Pixar and Next. And some of you probably know the story. During this time is when Steve Jobs met his wife, and he got married, and he had kids. Very little did he know that a few years later, Apple was going to buy the second company that he started, and he was going to become the CEO of Apple again. See, you never know what God can do in your life. And I want to encourage you, let's submit to the process of God. I don't know where you are right now. Maybe you are in the stage of revelation. Maybe some of you are very excited today about what is what God is going to do in your life, in our life, in the church. And you're so excited that you can't stop, you know, thinking and talking about it. Maybe some of you are going, you know, through the process of contradiction. You're saying, God, what's happening in my life? You know, this is, just doesn't make sense. Just remember that even in the pit, even when Joseph was a slave, even when he was in jail, you know, for two years, he kept believing that God was truthful and that God was faithful and that God was going to do whatever he said he was going to do. If you're going through that stage, do it voluntarily. Come to Christ. Change. Change. Improve. Because God wants you to develop your full potential. Because I promise you, based on the scripture, that once you go through transformation, then God's process will take you into manifestation. And one of the things, and I encourage you to listen to Steve Jobs' uh, video um, the commencement, you know, that he gave at Stanford University. And one of the things that he said at the end that really stuck into my mind was that Steve Jobs said, after so many years, you're going to realize that all the dots get connected together and there's a purpose. And that's what the Bible says, that that who started a process or a work in you will carry it on to completion, Philippians 1.6. Let's pray today. Father God, I thank you today, Lord God, because you don't change. But we need to change. And sometimes, Lord God, we get scared when change comes. Sometimes, Lord God, we get concerned what change is about to come. But we have to believe in the scripture, Lord God, that there is a process of change. You take us through revelation. You take us through contradiction to develop our faith. Then you take us through transformation, Lord God, so that we can change and become more spiritual, mature. And then when we have graduated from that stage, you take us into manifestation, Lord God, when your vision, the dream that you gave us, becomes a reality. I pray today, Lord God, for this congregation. I pray for the pastors. No matter where they are in the process of God, I pray that you lift them up and that you help them, Lord God, so that they don't quit, so that they don't doubt, so that they continue believing that even if they are in prison, even if they're in the pit, even if they're in the middle of betrayal, Lord God, from anybody, that you will still keep your promises alive, Lord God, because that's who you are. I thank you for this church. I thank you for the pastors. And I pray that you bless everybody. In Jesus' name we pray.
And everybody says, amen. Just one.